It has been a very eventful couple of weeks, hasn't it, Paul? Yeah, you're telling me. I don't even, even know where to start. I can start with my, my voice is gone, so there's that going for us. That's very eventful. But that, I think it's partially because uh, I, I had a daughter born just a couple of weeks ago. She was actually born on your birthday. It was, she was born on my birthday, so we're birthday buddies, which is very exciting to me. We were born within like three minutes of each other on the, at the same time of day, on the same day. 30 years apart. And so that tells everyone how old I am now. So thank you for sharing, divulging some intimate details of my life. But uh, so, so yeah, that's, that's been exciting. my life a lot lately. It's been staying home with, with oh, my wife so and kids. Cute. And yes, uh, love her so much, and uh, I think she gave me something. So uh, enjoy my voice today. And the other thing you might notice is our our room we're in is a little echoey right now. Why might that be, Brad? Well. We just bought a new house, and we're moved into the house today, so we're here recording, and so hopefully this isn't uh, just horrible audio for everybody with the voice and the echoing and all that fun stuff, but I'm sure you guys will bear with us. So, welcome to IndieQ. We're so glad that you are joining us again. Today, we are talking about the game Neon White. Paul, do you want to tell us a little bit about Neon White? Yes. So, before you get into the gameplay at all... This is a game we got Brad for his birthday. Oh, yeah. So uh, we, we did a little bit early because uh, I was kind of busy on his actual birthday, being in the hospital and whatnot. But luckily, I had this game to play uh, after my daughter was born. My wife was just, you know, conked out sleeping. So uh, Neon White is a speedrunning, first-person shooter, just kind of like high-score Russian game. Yes. Uh, and essentially the, the premise of the game is you are running through the level and you need to defeat all the demons in the level um, through, there's a couple of different means that you might be able to defeat them, uh, defeat them all and then get to the exit point, like the end of the level. So you're essentially flying through the level as quickly as you can, defeating all the demons and getting to the end. And the, each level has different time cutoffs for different scores. Um, you have the the bronze level, which is just, you finished it, uh, but took you a long time. Then there's the silver, which is the lowest level. Then you have the gold, and then you have the ace, which I always want to call platinum. So it's like a bluish, shiny thing. I, don't know, I think it's funny in games like this, where it's like, we can't just do Olympics. We can't do bronze, silver, gold. We have to like have make a better. It. Our unique spin on stuff, which, like, you can't beat bronze, silver, gold. Everyone just understands it perfectly. And to have a thing above gold just always bugs me. But but all games do it. And even, like, when you have, like, a tier list of, like, some game, they always have that S tier. Or even a tiers above S. Double S tier. It's like, come on, people. Like, we already have ranking systems. We don't need to change. It's called the alphabet. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, other than the... Why I don't even know why it's called Ace. It doesn't make sense either. But anyways, it is called Ace, so we're going to say Ace. Um, but the gameplay is, like we were saying, is extremely fast-paced. Well, I guess it can be. You could you could slow it way down and just go through it, but I feel like the most fun way to play it is to try to rush through the, the level as quickly as possible. Um, you're often going to fail, whether it's you... Uh, fall off the the cliff or the building or you end up getting hit by the demons and you die. That doesn't happen a ton, especially at the early levels. But 
the game, you can start right back over at the beginning, and you're learning the level, and then you continue on until you beat it. Yes. So we said it's a first-person shooter, so you have to have guns. And the way the guns work in this game is throughout the level, there are these different colored cards that you're able to pick up, and the cards represent different weapons. But on top of that, you're able to discard your weapon to get a special ability. So, you know, like the yellow card is a pistol, but also if you discard it, you can have a double jump. Or the blue card is a rifle, but if you discard it, you do a dash. And so a lot of times I feel like they try to get a synergy between what the gun actually is and right. then the the uh, ability you get from discarding. And you have to discard throughout the level in order to finish it. Yeah, it's, so, it's impossible for you to, like... They teach you right off the bat. It, it, the first time you encounter a specific color card, it like pauses the game for a moment, and it's like when you discard, this is what's going to happen. And then from that point forward, it's just like le- allowing you to start learning that card. And I think the level design does a really good job of. There's like different sets, typically of ten levels, and not always, but typically there's like a themed. Like, the level is like, oh, this is a bunch of the yellow card. This is a bunch of the blue card, a bunch of the red card. And it kind of teaches you through the different levels of, like, okay, let's, this is one where it's just, like, you get a ton of cards, but you're constantly discarding. And it really teaches you really well through gameplay of, like, the level design mm-hmm. makes it so it's like, okay, I get how this uh, card works. And then the really fun parts is later when you're able to just combo all of the different cards together and figure out unique, cool ways to, like, get to the end faster or take a shortcut in in the world um, where you like, didn't realize that, you know, it kind of loops back on itself and you're able to, like, cut a huge chunk of running time off. Yeah. And just, like, get a really, really low low time. That's where I feel like a lot of the joy in the game is. And one of the... We, we had mentioned, like, the different levels, like, if you're gold, silver, bronze, ace, all that stuff... Uh, as you are, if you choose to continue playing the same level over and over again, uh, once you get to a higher level of uh, metal for the level, you unlock certain things in the level, like a hint. So it's like, oh, you are continue. You got a gold split on this one, but there is a special, like maybe a shortcut or a different way of thinking about this level that the game will present to you after your gold split. But you have to find it in the world. It's not like it gives you at the beginning of the level. Yeah, you're so running through. And I have a lot of levels where I just, I couldn't find where the hint was. Uh-huh. I was still able to make it. I'm like, I don't know. if There's probably a way I could shave another 10 seconds off. I got the I got the ace medal, so I'm going to keep going. But yeah, it's just like, and sometimes it's like, oh, that hint, I would never would have done it that way. And it made me think of it, and I'm going to, you get the ace off of it, and you're like, man, that was really helpful. There's also your shadow self that you can race. It gives me vibes of, like, um, doing Mario, Mario Kart. Yeah. You're doing the time trials, and you see your high your high score for your high speed. Um, I really like that, especially when you're getting close to having the, the ace time to see your shadow. That You know you got to beat that shadow. I had a couple times where I'm, like, a tenth of a second off of getting an ace. So you're like racing your shadow yeah, self, exactly. and if you get a little behind, you're like, I'm gonna restart the level because I'm not gonna actually get ace because that was not ace speed for my shadow. Yeah, and there are there's like, I would like call it just one collectible throughout the game, which are gifts that you can give different characters in the game, and the gifts aren't even unlocked on your first run through of each level. You need to complete the level and then replay the level, and the gift would be. Uh, available somewhere in the level, level, usually hidden somewhere or 
some way that you haven't gone before. And it's unique in that a lot of times you have to use your discard ability to kill certain enemies or to chain certain things to get there fast enough. But a lot of times to get to the gifts, you need to be really stingy about discarding your cards and finding unique ways to progress through the level, maybe not even killing the enemies or going really slow, to actually reach a certain height or to find a secret passageway. The ones that I enjoyed the most were like the gift was in plain sight, but behind a wall or behind a window. Yeah. And you have to find a unique way. To like enter that building. It can get frustrating sometimes when you're just like, I want to find this gift. And you're just like, I, I just scour the level and it's yeah. just nowhere to be found. That, those are the ones that were, at the beginning, they were all very obvious. And I was getting all the gifts because I was like, oh, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to do this, see what happens. Um, later on, I would run through, I would finish it, and I would get whatever, silver silver medal. And then what I did at first was like, I'm going to try to run it as fast as I can. And as I'm going along my path, I might see the gift. I'm like, oh, I know where to go now. And I will go get the gift. And when you get the gift, it just restarts you over. You don't, you don't continue in that level. But then it started being like, oh, I got a silver and I'm trying to get a better split, but I didn't see the gift at all. And then it was just like, I don't even know where to start looking. And it, to me, it felt tedious to start looking for the gift uh, everywhere. Um, and for a little while, I was trying to hold on to that. But then uh, our conversation about Ali Ali kind of stuck out to me where I, I didn't want to like bar myself from enjoying the game by trying to 100% the game. And I feel like I really enjoyed, like, trying to get... I always wanted to get, like, a gold or an ace split on every level. That's something I wanted to do. Um, but if I wasn't, like... I, I wasn't willing to just spend a ton of time on one level over and over again, especially uh, looking for gifts. If I couldn't find it... If, if I saw it, I would go get it and figure out how to figure out the puzzle. But I wasn't, like, killing myself in order to do that. The irony is... I did not do that in Ali Ali, but in Neon White, I had to platinum every single level, and I went for every single gift to the point where I'm like, I was stopped having fun really? towards the end, and I started like looking up. I probably did about six like just guides. I just want to finish it, but you had gone then, so far. Yeah, and then I did like the last twelve or fifteen levels. I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to enjoy the. And I had a lot more fun at the end. I I eventually went back and found the rest of the gifts. But at that point, it was like, I wanted to actually enjoy the speedrunning aspect of the game, which is, to me, the most compelling part. There's, some of the gifts are really fun to get to. Yeah. But when you're just, like, scouring the level and not finding it, it's really frustrating. The thing I think it's kind of funny, maybe think of, uh, do you ever see the video where it's, like, tells you, count the number of times someone pa they pass a basketball oh, in yeah, this I know video, exactly what you're talking about. And you're focusing, you're counting all the basketball passes, and then the video ends, and it's like, did you see the dancing gorilla in the middle of the video? And you're like, wait, what? And then you like rewind and there's a dancing, because you're so focused on counting the basketball. I felt like that's what gifts were a lot of times with me when I was actually speed running, because I'd be so focused on jumping doing through and doing things. it correct well. That a couple times, I'm like, I couldn't find the gift at all. And then it's just like, oh, didn't you see at the very beginning, there's a window and the gift's like really right obvious. in front of you, obviously. But I'm just like, no, I, I didn't see it at all. <laughs> and so like, I, I, I'd have to uh, ace the level first. And then and go then scour. specifically, because you know, time doesn't matter when you're finding the gift. Yeah. And I would just slowly like pan around, look at everything, jump to the next section. <laughs> and then typically once you find it, then you have to start over again because you're like, okay, I spent 
the, uh, the discarding the cards that I need to get to the gift just to get to this platform. That's not where the gift's at. And so I need to like, yeah, adjust that. But I just think it's so funny how you can be so tuned in and focused on a goal that there's this other aspect that you want to do as well, but it's just, you're completely blind to it. Yeah. I, I wonder how often that happens in our real life that we never even, we never get to even notice the, the, the thing that we're missing because we're so focused on that thing. And you, if you have somebody in your life who's like next to you, living life with you, who can point those things out, like you, how much more like enjoyable life can be with like other, other people around you. Yeah. I, I feel that way about my kids sometimes. <clears throat> Cause I play with them, you know, I love, I love playing with them, but there's something different when you're playing with them and there's other people around. Like, I don't know if it's a prideful thing, but it's just like, see how cool of a dad I am. Let me play with my kids. Yeah. But like, my son loves to like show off and like show all of his, you know, running around or his toys. He's I'm just really so strong. happy. He proud. helped us move today. Oh, it was, was so, so cute. Was Holy smokes. But he was just like, Karen, what is like, I'm so strong. He's almost three. And he's just like the cutest. So he's such a great kid. Anyways. <laughs> but like, like you said, there's times where you can be literally doing the same exact thing and it doesn't seem important. And then other times you're like, someone's there watching you and you're like, wow, like this is a, I love my son. I love playing with him. I get to do this every day. But a lot of times just life can just seem so monotonous and samey that you don't realize all of the amazing things that are right in front of you yeah. because you're so focused on, you know, oh, I'm tired. I want to just watch a show or I just want to watch a YouTube video. And you're like, I have this amazing little human being who just loves me so much. And he, it's easy not to just like give him all of my attention. Yeah. One of the things that I'm curious about in this game is, did you have a favorite weapon? Or for me, a lot of the weapons like didn't really matter what the what the weapon did, like in terms of shooting. But the discard ability was like the more the featured item on on the weapon. Did you have one that you enjoyed the most, or that you wanted to like call out? There's a late game weapon that was probably my favorite, but I don't really want to talk because I feel like it's a little bit spoilery. Okay. Um, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> But I think the two that I, I liked the most were the shotgun, which is red, which is like a inner direction dash. So you have to like aim your, uh, you know, your your gun in the right direction to dash that way, versus like the blue rifle dash, which is just always horizontal. horizontal. Um, also, I really like the uh, grapple hook mixed with the the rocket launcher because you can shoot the rocket launcher like right at your feet and like propel yourself with the with the explosion or like shoot off of walls and then aim your rock, your uh, grapple, grapple hook. hook and yank yourself like through glass windows. Or I think that combination is probably the, my favorite one of the, just the standard cards. Yeah. I think that th those two are the most like satisfying. I would say the blue one always bothered me cause I wanted to dash in like a specific, like, uh, like angled up or down, but you can only do it horizontally. And every once in a while I'll be like, come on, I just needed to be a tiny bit higher, and I hit the edge just barely, and I couldn't get over the lip. And it's like, are you kidding me? Can you just be a little bit more forgiving? But um, I feel like e even like going back, because a lot of times when you're like further in the game, you're not seeing a lot of yellow cards, which is like the first one you get, which is like a second jump. Um, having that feels like it's still in the later levels. It's still like, oh, this is like a really good, a really good ability, and it's so simple. Um, but I think that the the fireball, like the one that you can dash in any directions to me the most satisfying one probably but anything else that you wanted to like talk about when it comes to gameplay 
I feel like we covered it pretty thoroughly. Um, so, I don't think I have anything else I need to add. Okay, so one of the things that we, we've already kind of mentioned is wanting to talk more about, like, what do you think this game is, is trying to say or, or do when you think about, like, what is this game trying to tell you or through the gameplay, what do, what do you think it's talking about? I was thinking about this, and I really feel like this game is a love letter to speedrunning, mm-hmm. but also an open invitation to people who have no experience before. Because I think the speedrunning is really interesting, but I think it's a really daunting world to get into, especially yeah. actually doing it. You might, you know, I feel like a lot of people have some enjoyment, you know, um, watching people speedrun or watching people talk about um, records. Well, you know, just the, the history behind speedruns from different. Um, What's that YouTuber who does that, Carl? Summoning Salt. Summoning Salt. Salt. Oh, his videos so are good. amazing. Um, and I'm like, that's what like introduced me into speedrunning. I'm just like, these videos are way crazy. And these games I haven't played before, but I'm just like, just caught up in the story of the history of people getting faster and faster times. But they're doing ridiculous, stupid stuff where I'm like, I can never do that. Right, and like the, the person who is like, fifth best in the world doesn't even mention in the video because they're always just lagging a little bit behind. There's only a couple seconds behind, but they never they never had the record. But I feel like this game is like, okay, people know what speedrunning is now. I feel like it's more mainstream in the gaming mm-hmm. world. And it's like, you can do it. And we're going to provide you a game where it's like, you can succeed. You can ace a level. And like, feel like you did a really good job. And, and have that rush of like, beating your time Without feeling like, oh, if I'm not, if I'm not first, I'm last. Yeah. Part of me, I feel like when it comes to the speedrunning, like speedrunning a game or something like that, uh, to me, I, I get this like rush of like having the idea of like having my names, my name on like the speedrun.com, even if I'm like, I'm like 45th best at this. And Obscure I, game no one's heard yeah. of. So and I, there's still 45 people better than I, you. I, I mentioned that, well, I mentioned that I had sped run like stardew valley recently um and i didn't i didn't record it because i don't have that equipment on my uh my games but uh so it's not actually an officially on there um thing but i was speed running stardew valley and it was speed running to get married as quick as possible and uh it was like i was like i was like the 27th fastest person in the world i felt pretty good about that i just like looked up a guy and it was really fun so i just i feel like that's the mission statement of this game is like speedrunning is fun and you can enjoy it and we're going to provide you the tools to experience it in this game mm-hmm. and maybe encourage you to go out and try it in some of the other games that you really enjoy yeah and i think that's a really cool mixture of like the game is a lot about failing you can't just like start i mean sometimes you get lucky yeah you just like you're in a flow state and you're just feeling the game i had, I had a, a number of times where like the first time i finished i got the ace but usually it wasn't, like, my first life. A lot no, of times no. you would restart a bunch of times. Um, yeah, we were talking about this earlier. It's like, some of the later levels, I'm like, I was acing them the first time. I was like, I was doing it too. But I think it's because, yeah, we, we failed multiple times and on our way to actually finishing the level. Whereas in the early levels, you didn't actually die. And you, you found your way to the end and you got us bronze. I think it really teaches you, like, the mindset you need to have when speedrunning. Because you're not going to be successful. You're not going to be top top of the leaderboards when you just try. It's it's a grind. And that's not for everybody, but you can still enjoy the challenging yourself or like having a small group of friends 
who you're just like, we're going to speed run this game. Mm-hmm. Who cares about the rest of the world? Who's the best in our group? I feel like the internet, while there's so many amazing things that come with it, we, you lose a little bit of that just like schoolyard, like bragging rights. Just yeah. because we're so much comparing ourselves to like the top in the world as opposed to just like, you know, let's me, you, and David are going to play a game. And, you know, there's the three, three guys in the house who play video games. Yeah. Let's see who's the best at it. And I, I do think that there are games that are still like that, but they're like the Super Smash Brothers type games where it's like, I don't, you, you have no idea how many times I've sat down and talked to somebody who thinks that they're so great at Super Smash Brothers. And then I ask them, what character do you play? And what do those people always say? Do you have it in your head? I think they play Kirby. And I'm like, if somebody tells me that they're great at Super Smash Brothers, maybe I don't need to say this, but, and they, they, they play Kirby, I'm like, you probably enjoy playing this game, but you're probably not that great. Play, play with items. Playing with items. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but so many people think they're so great because the people they play with, they are better than those people. But, but that's a great joy. You're... I don't, I totally agree. That's why I think those games are so much fun. Because you don't need to be in the competitive world of like going to a tournament and playing. It's like sitting down with your friends and being like, I can beat my friends is like such an enjoyable... Or like you, the person who's the best person in your group, you beat them. You finally beat them and now you're starting to figure out how to beat them on a more consistent basis. Like those are really enjoyable, fun things to like pursue and goals to have that are much, way more attainable than being like, I want to be the best whatever in the world. Yeah. I just feel like I would strongly encourage you to try to build some sort of community of friends or siblings and be challenging each other that way. I think that is a lot more enjoyable. And I think this game kind of made me think a little bit more about that, of like finding the joy in the game with the people you actually interact with and know. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to take it to the next level, like if you get to the point where like you would consistently beat me at Smash Bros to the point where it wasn't super fun to play anymore because the skill gap just got too big. Right. At that point, it's like, okay, I'll take my skills to the next level and try to find people who are of equal skill to me. But it's so much fun when you can have a group who is progressing together. Like in the same, like, yeah. And you have like the... The winner is, like, constantly you have someone, like, one up in each other, and there's this fight to get it back. I think that's where the most joy in those type of things come. And so I really feel like that's the gameplay message of this game, is you can play you can play games in speedrun. You can find joy in that, and you can find these side accomplishments that don't have to actually be the world record. Because the game also shows you leaderboards for the world. <laughs> and for most of my playthrough, my... I don't know why this wasn't connecting for me, so I couldn't see anybody's scores. It's just you were saying it. And I'm like, I know I feel like I'm playing this game really well, but I was also aware that people who like legit speedrun are stupid. They're so good that, but I didn't realize how crazy it was. Like there was a level that I aced that was in the, the low two minutes, and I was like, I did pretty good in this level. And then all of a sudden, my leaderboards were working. And, like, the top six pages were all under 20 seconds. And, like, the first place was, like, 13 seconds. And I'm like, I, I don't know how that's possible. Like, there's some exploit. That is- but it's so crazy that people yeah. are able to figure that out. I just think it's cool that I didn't need to be on the top of the leaderboards. I got aced it. I succeeded in the level. And I think that was that really was cool. Enough. Yeah. So the other thing that we haven't even touched on at all... And we don't need to talk about it that much. We don't want to. But when we got this game, 
we both kind of heard through the grapevine that the, the story of the game was like really horrible, awful, not necessarily horrible, just like it was not a good story. Um, not that it was like bad in some way, but what was your, did you ex- uh, engage the story at all? And what were your thoughts? I, I engaged it just because I wanted to 100% it. Uh-huh. And to do that, you have to find these gifts and give them to the different characters. And you unlock extra dialogue and you unlock some bonus stages. Right. I really liked the bonus stages. Those were super fun. The story sucked. You thought it sucked? I, and it's just passable enough to pull you on to the next thing. But, like, if you compare the gameplay of this game to the story, like, the gameplay blows it out of the water. Yeah. It's not even close. Like, it feels like they they got a group of devs who were, like, so gameplay focused. And then they got towards the end and they're like, we need to slap a story on this. And they, like, hired someone's brother. And <laughs> See, like, here's what I think. I think that the people who made this game are into, like, that anime-ish, like, kind of weird stuff and it's just like we're we're just kind of like this kind of stuff and so we're gonna make a game that we that is really good gameplay wise and also has this like weird little anime storyline that's really tropey and uh all those kinds of things i didn't i to be honest i didn't really hate the story at all it, I, I had such low expectations that it wasn't as bad as those <laughs> yeah but i think if you're going in there not realizing that i think you could be in for a rude awakening and just like huh yeah. This isn't as good as what I, the game I'm playing is. It doesn't feel like that matches. Yeah, and I, I, think it's, I think that's fair. They don't, they don't match each other. But, like, this game is so fun to play that I would not... And I, part of the reason why I think that, that that's the way that the developers did it is because there is a button that you can just skip all the story really fast. This is like, you push one button and go... Through well, it all. I care so much about story that I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to do that. Yeah. I, I mean it was a it's a passable little like story. I wasn't ripping my hair out, but it's not nothing to write home about. Yeah. So and I think that's fair. But um I don't know. I think that there's some interesting little like pieces of our world that get like drawn in, but uh I don't think that I don't think that it it was horrible. And maybe it was because I had low expectations. We've talked about expectations on this uh, podcast before and if you have too high expectations it really ruins it for you so have low expectations on the story and you'll come through it and be like eh, i kind of liked it it was nice but it wasn't anything that you're gonna tell your mom to go play because she needs to understand the story <laughs> um are you ready to rank this baby i'm ready all right so we have had uh some hard times figuring out where to start so today we came prepared and paul has a range for us of where we he thinks this game should should go. And if I agree, then we're going to stick in that and then talk around. I think this game's max height it can climb is it could beat out Salt and Sanctuary for number six. Okay. And I think its floor is below Tunic, above Retro Bowl at 13. Whoa, that's a lot. That's a lot. Can you can you read that, that um, spread yep. for us just so we know where we're talking Stop. about? Salt and Sanctuary, Dead Cells, Slay the Spire... A short hike, crypt of the necro dancer into the breach, tunic, and then the one that would be above. It was the very bottom. Is retro bowl. What do you think about that range? I, I where I would put it personally is in that range. So I I don't have any troubles uh, starting just in that broader range. Um, do you have a game that you want to compare it with first? I don't. You give us a starting spot. 
Oh, goodness gracious. We always start with Into the Breach, so we're not going to start with Into the Breach. Um, let's, let's talk about it with Tunic, and then... I don't think we need to... Oh, we'll start with Tunic and see what happens. Okay, so... I feel like Tunic builds off of a lot of pre-established, uh, already existing gameplay. And if you have any experience with those gameplays, the twists and turns that it gives you are just such a delight... And it's such a comfort food right. of just, like, inhabiting this world, exploring it. The art style is just so just lovely. Yes. And it just, like, feels cozy and homey. And, like, you have this fun adventure you go on. Or I don't really have a ton of comparisons of, like, experiences with, like, a speedrunning game. I have, like, you know, experiences with first-person shooters. But that's not really what you get this game for. No. Um... One thing that's really interesting, actually, we were talking about it. I was like, telling you I was having a lot of trouble with the aiming of the game. Because the Switch is not, like, super precise. And you're like... Well, I think any, any controller would be imprecise, but yeah. But uh, and you're like, did you turn on the gyro aiming? And I was like, do what? And you're like, you're like in Legend of Zelda, in Breath of the Wild, you can kind of, like, aim your arrows by tilting your, your Switch. Switch. And I was like, oh, that would be so helpful. It's, I turned it on, and it's a total game changer. So turn it on. You, if you have, have to turn it on if you're playing in handheld. It makes the game ten times easier. I had it on when I was playing on the on the on the TV as well with my pro controller, mm. and it was great too. I had to turn the sensitivity down a little bit because it was almost too erratic when you started moving. But but yeah, yeah, so the the concept I feel like is so refreshing, original to gameplay wise, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's much more of like a adrenaline just boost yeah. as opposed to like more of this like mystery unveiling of just the world and yes. so it kind of is like if you're if you're just like i want to just get blast out of canon and like go through this super fast or if you like are more plotting and like want to yeah. experience the world you're not playing this uh uh neon white for just experience in the world it's yeah the gameplay loop yeah. that catches you Do, so we didn't talk about like the graphics at all but what were your thoughts on the graphics because you were saying like just like being in the world of tunic is like delightful like what were your thoughts on the way that the game looks i think it's impressive for an indie game yeah um 3d modeling and 3d games i don't feel are super easy especially first person 3d worlds and I never, like, felt out of place. It felt like everything just fit where it was at. Mm-hmm. But I, I would never be like, I love it. Yeah. I think it was like, this This is good. Yeah. I feel like that. I never had any problems with the gameplay. And, like, the worlds are, like, it's like, maybe it's buildings or cliffs or things like that that you could fall off and then into the ether and then it's just like, oh, you're out of bounds and you start over. So there's not any, like, beautiful vistas or, like, amazing skylines. It's like, there's some interesting features, but it never, like, stands out. There was one spot, though, that consistently, like, bothered me, which was when you got your mission complete, like, stage. Mm. And he, like... Not bad for a dead guy. Yeah, well, he says that, which is stupid, but... Um, it was fine if he said it once, but he said every single time that you beat a mission. Not each level, but once you finish, like, your string of ten levels or a string of a couple levels. Um, I did not like the way that that looked. Like, it was probably the same exact, like, rendering as the actual gameplay, but it was so much more close up and, like, personal on your character that you never see that it, like, weirded me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, 
Um, comparing it with, with Tunic, I feel like I don't have any trouble putting Neon White above Tunic because of just how like immersive the game feels. It's like you're you as you're running through the level, it's just like you're so engaged with that, you're so locked in, especially when you feel like you're you're really on track. It's just you feel so locked in, you're excited about what's going on and you want to continue to improve your abilities. I think currently it just feels so unique to me that I'm fine bumping it. I'm curious in a year's time, going back to play both of them, if I will enjoy one more than the other. But right now, I'm cool with bumping it above Tunic. Okay, I don't even want to talk about Into the Breach or Crypt of the Necrodancer. I think we start talking about A Short Hike. I'm cool. Okay, A Short Hike and Neon White. We just did Short Hike. It's fresh on the mind. One of the most delightful experiences in recent gaming history, in Paul's words. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Oh, gosh. This one's tough. What are you, what are you wrestling with? Short hike is it's so short. It's, <laughs> it's just like this little and micro. neon white is so neon. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like micro experience. It's just super lovely, mm-hmm. and I I feel like especially since we've been playing a lot of games lately for this podcast, to have one that was just just like a breeze and it wasn't like I had to like take a lot of time to do it mm-hmm. was super great but I feel like there's just so much more to offer in Neon White and it hurts me because I feel like I had just such an amazing time with a short hike but I feel like Neon White probably needs to go above it I think the reason why you had such a nice time with with a short hike is it's the things that you love about our real world kind of put into a game and whereas Neon White, they're, they're, you're not running around with a gun, doing double jumps and killing demons. Like, it's just completely out, out of this world experience in video games, which a lot of video games are. Where a short hike was, obviously you can't fly and do all this stuff, but you can imagine yourself going on an adventure and making up games. And, like, you've done that. And that's been, like, a, a really, like, fun part of life for both of us. So it's like we can connect with that in a way that you can't connect with Neon White. But Neon White is an experience that you can't have in real life. Yes. What are your thoughts versus Slay the Spire? So, we've talked a lot about Slay the Spire and how much we played it. But um, as I, when I was playing Neon White, like that draw towards coming back to Slay the Spire, and maybe just because we've been playing out so, so far in the distance, I haven't, I haven't been wanting to play it as much. So... That is not necessarily driving my decision here, but I would, I would put Neon White above Slay the Spire. Um, a lot of it because of just like, this is a very unique game that I have not seen. There might be some other games that are similar to this, but like, I really enjoyed the, the way the game is, like that you, the gameplay of this game um, in a way that like, I feel like it just propels it above uh, Slay the Spire, like when I saw Slay the Spire, just like seeing it, not playing it, I was like, I don't look that good. I don't know if I like this game. And I started playing it, and I'm like, oh, I got wrapped into the gameplay, and I really enjoyed that. Whereas Neon White, when I heard about what Neon White was, I was like, I'm going to like that, and it delivered. Whereas, like, uh, 
Slay the Spire was like a lower expectation, beat that expectation, it was a really great game. Whereas DNY had a high floor and it beat that high floor. Yeah. Slay the Spire is just so much more cerebral. Yeah. Whereas Neon White is more of like an instincts kind of game where you have to go fast and just react. I think the best game up right now, comparison-wise, yeah. is Dead Cells. It's just like that the same adrenaline, adrenaline hit, yeah. that rush, that like getting that smoothness, that flow for the level, um, utilizing the weapons you have available. I feel like this is a, a crazy good comparison between games. What are your thoughts? It's so hard because of, like, I agree, the adrenaline, the desire to... Um, like improve your abilities and the I'd say the biggest difference that I feel just like without like looking at the specific gameplay is Neon White is a progression. You are going up from one level to the next. Each level is specifically crafted with the the gun and discard ability in mind and you need to utilize them. And then when you've beaten it, you move on to the next level and you move on until you have beat all the levels. And then the game has finished. Whereas dead cells is a game because it's a roguelite that you are going to do the same thing again, each run. And it's going to be different. So there's going to be some different twist or different angle that you're going to approach it with. And maybe you're going to go a similar direction, but you don't get the exact same weapon. Um, And so I think a lot of this is preference type stuff. It's like, do you prefer the, the fast pace, like speed run aspect that is, is focused on each individual level? Or are you excited about that? Because I played, I played dead cells pretty fast paced and trying to, zoom through the levels quickly as possible and uh but that is much more it's a it feels like a much more long-term investment dead cells does i think dead cells is just way more versatile Mm -hmm. you can do the speedrunning aspect and like there's challenges for that built into the game of like getting uh, through a level a certain number of time unlocks an extra bonus room of chests and money and weapons but you can also take it more methodically. You can figure out weapons that work well for you. You can experiment with different stuff. I think there's a lot more going for it. it but it's it's a lot more stuff that's in the typical gamer's comfort zone. Yes. I feel like Neon White is a very, at least for me, unique feeling game. It is. But... The question is, does it pull it past this game that's like, <laughs> it covers something that we already, you know, kind of known, experienced, but does it so well with so much variety and just changing of like, the, the game feels so different if you're doing like a run with like a shield and a slow weapon versus a archery run versus a, you know, up close and personal fast fist, you know, run with, you know, and then switching weapons mid run because you find something better. Yeah, there's boss fight. I think the word versatile is a really good word for um, for Dead Cells. And I feel like the game is... You can play the game in one distinct style, but, but learning to be versatile in the direction that you want to go and experimenting also gives the game so much more enjoyment. Whereas I don't know that there is that aspect of things in... Neon White. 
I feel like there comes a point where you're going to have a skill ceiling reached in Neon White. Where if you keep going back and playing, there's different rush modes once you beat the game. That there comes a point where like, I can't improve anymore. And I think the game will lose some of its flair and favor. Yeah. Whereas I feel like there's increased difficulty. The difficulty, you know, the fact that it's randomly generated for a lot of stuff within some set parameters, I feel like adds some longevity to the game. But also you can increase the difficulty to the point. You know, I feel like there's always room to grow. And I think there's going to come a point in the speedrunning game where it's like, okay, it's not physically possible. Like, for the high speed, you know, that 11 seconds I was talking about in that two-minute level, it's just, it's not possible to go faster than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm feeling, I personally think that it should go right below Dead Cells. I think when I, we had just played the game and I was so high on it, I was thinking it was probably going to go... Like underneath uh, Stardew Valley, above Salt and Sanctuary, which is the game right above Dead Cells. But as we're talking about it, I think I 100% agree. I feel like we can't, that Dead Cells should stay above Neon White. Where, where would that put Neon White in our queue? Number eight. Number eight. This is a great game. And if you get a chance to play it, you should take it. Um, recently, I don't know if it is right now, but. Very recently, it was on sale on like the Steam store and on uh, the Switch. So, if you see it on sale, just grab it. This is a great game, and I would highly recommend it. It's number eight in our queue, and uh, we're so glad that you guys joined us.